Hi, and thanks for listening to your tech report. Before we dive into this episode, if you aren't already subscribed to the podcast or haven't given us a five-star review, do you mind doing that? It helps us to bring you great new content just like this every single week. Thanks so much and enjoy the episode. Welcome back to your tech report. Our next guest is a senior product manager at a company that I know you guys are familiar with. That company is TomTom, but there's so many sides to this business, and his side happens to be TomTom Traffic and Travel Info. Chris Sullivan, welcome to your tech report. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, well, happy to be here, Mark. Chris, before we dive into what you do specifically, because clearly there's a there's a divide here in terms of what people know in terms of TomTom, give us a little history in TomTom as a company. I think we all know TomTom uh, on the consumer side of things, you know, the good old navigational devices we used to have in our cars that have now been yep. taken over, I guess, by in-car navigation systems, a lot of which are still powered by TomTom information. So if you can give us a little bit of history. Yeah, so uh, so TomTom has has been around for for quite a while now. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we we really got our start in you know the personal navigation devices. You know, the the lovely old GPS devices we all used to you know strap to our windshields or our dashboards, right? And believe it or not, we actually still make those. Um, I know. We still have a pretty good active business there. Um, but you know, around about 10, 15 years ago, we actually shifted um, into more towards automotive infotainment. So. Um, you know, like you mentioned, powering navigation solutions in vehicle. So that includes the maps, the navigation engine, i.e., you know, how do I route you from point A to point B, but also all of the kind of related um, connected services, right? So traffic, weather, fuel, parking data, right? Um, all of the things, all those other data sources that you, you really want to pull into the vehicle to, to make that um, driving experience, you know, better, right? To, to improve, not just from to get you to point A from to point B, but also to make that journey, you know, even better, right? So stopping for fuel, finding parking, um, really understanding how things like congestion are going to affect, you know, the the journey or the drive that you're about to embark on. Yeah, you know, I guess people, you know, I, you know, casual consumers who have used TomTom navigation devices probably don't put too much thought into everything that goes into powering all that information. And that information is extremely valuable, not only to consumers who are using devices, but to you guys as a company harvesting all this information. It's almost like building your own search engine for all this data that exists. And that's a very large part of your business, is it not? Yeah, it's a huge part of your business. So, I mean, uh, what we're doing really is taking in a ton of real-time information, right? We have over 600 million devices that we are gathering real-time data from. Um, at any given moment uh, across the globe. So that's what our traffic service is powered by. We use that data to power things like our map updates. So like we can actually look and see, hey, we're we're getting data on a road that we didn't know previous previously existed. So hey, let's let's dig into this and actually you know update our maps based off of some of that that um, you know journey or that trip data that we get from all those 600 million plus devices. 600 million plus. That's just a couple. Just a couple, couple points, just a few, couple yeah. points of contact, you know, yeah. around the world. Yeah, yeah. It could be valuable yeah, information. Yeah, <laughs> how, yeah, how, does, how does that information, you know, aside from obviously presenting us with great and, and extremely accurate mapping data, how else can yeah. that information be used? Because I'm sure that you can see different trends and, and not only that, but work with, you know, cities and urban planners when it comes to planning how a city is even constructed. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things we do every year is we publish what we call the TomTom Traffic Index. And what that does is it looks at the um, traffic congestion levels that drivers experience in 416 cities 
in 57 countries across the globe. So the congestion level show really the amount of travel time that drivers lose in each city due to congestion, um, you know, for a given year, so 2020 for the previous year, right? Um, and like you mentioned, we published this report to not just help drivers, but also to help businesses and road authorities to find ways to avoid congestion, reduce that congestion, um, and limit lost travel time. But there's also a huge piece of that in terms of, you know, hey, there's there's wasted fuel, there's emissions, there's other things in there. And and 2020 was, a, as we all know, a very crazy year on a, on a number of different levels. And we, you know, we saw that borne out in all of the traffic data that, that we look at as well, too. So um, some pretty massive drops in congestion globally. Um, actually, there's very few. I think we had about 14 cities that actually had an increase in congestion in 2020. So for the most part, massive drops in, in the, the traffic and congestion that, that drivers saw last I'm, year. I'm curious, which, which cities did you see an increase in? So the cities that we saw an increase in are, are actually, this, it's a random smattering, if you can believe this, but it's it's places like China and Taiwan. Okay. Um, you know, but we're talking at peak, it was like a, like, so I'm going to, it's a Changchun in China had a 4% increase in congestion for all of 2020. And that was the most congestion that we saw, right? Um, a couple of cities, Taipei was at 2%, for example. Okay. Um, you know, th there's not a lot of increase. There was not really, a, a, you know, again, there were 13 cities that had an increase in traffic in, in 2020. Everybody else dropped primarily in, in double digits, right? Yeah, I know. I saw so, on the on the, uh, on the the 10th edition of the report, and specific to Canada at least, you know, uh, yeah. congestion, uh, congestion levels dropped by an average of about 40% during rush hour. Uh, yeah. Vancouver, I mean, and not surprisingly, that Vancouver is second most congested region in North America. But, you know, yeah. North America, actually, that is that is actually interesting, an interesting data <laughs> point. You, you, know, know. You, you, you hit the nail right on the head. That was one of the most interesting things. If we, if we look at North America, right, Mexico City last year was number one at 36% congestion. And then, like you said, Vancouver was at 30. And what's crazy to me is Los Angeles was at 27%. So in third, followed by New York at 26%, right? I mean, it was such a just a crazy, crazy year for from a congestion perspective, right? We, we saw some trends that we, we would not have expected. I think, you know, looking at Canada, though, too, one of the things that stood out to me is, you know, Vancouver had the 50, you know, in terms of global ranking, Vancouver was like 50, 52nd, right? Number one in Canada. Um, the close, the next closest city, though, in Canada was Toronto, um, which was 168th globally, but it was, you know, at 22%, right? So there was an 8% drop between yeah. Vancouver and Toronto, which I think, you know, looking at kind of some of the data and some of the trending there, too, I, I think there were some pretty big differences in, in some of the lockdown measures that occurred in, 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 you know, between Vancouver and Toronto as well, too. So I think people were maybe just a little bit more mobile um, in Vancouver. Um, but, you know, that and we, we, we saw all of those, you know, lockdown, coronavirus lockdown trends kind of bear out into the congestion data. So, it, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty fascinating. How, Sorry, how a bit far, of a traffic, traffic nerd. <laughs> how, far, how far back does the, uh, your, your database go in terms of uh, data? Um, traffic index, I think that we published, so you can access the traffic index on, on tomtom.com. I think we published the last four years. So we're going 2020 to 2017, um, is the data that we, we publish today. So you can, you can go online and, and look at that data. Are we, um, are we able to, years. are we able to search that data or is it just a report that yeah. we're looking at? You guys can go through and search that data. We, we publish, publish a whole bunch of statistics, uh, excuse me, statistics, 
Um, for each city, um, again, um, it's it's based on metro areas, so it's it's not like you can you know go in and say I want to look at traffic in Brampton versus Toronto, but um, you know we look at kind of the what we define as as metro areas for that traffic data. But yeah, you can go in there and, and look at traffic data trending, um, you know year over year comparisons. Um, there's a there's a lot of really fun data there. I'm so I'm so you know as as mundane as this might sound to some people i find it so super interesting because you know i live in montreal um and you know i look at all the construction going on here and it's 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 just a it's a long-standing joke that in montreal it's just construction all the time but i'm curious to now go on the site and look at when construction started when construction ended for example when they built a new bridge and look yeah. did what they did or did the changes they make actually improve traffic did it actually yeah. have an, an actual direct impact and i'm guessing i can actually see that information yeah you can actually see that information so we'll report out like congestion levels month over month right and, and drops and peaks and you know what was the peak month for example what was the lowest you know traffic level per month as well too but my my favorites you know at least my favorite stat because i kind of like to to think about this from a, a you know a human impact perspective right yeah. so just as an example for montreal right so last year, folks in the Montreal area spent three days and eight hours in congestion in their vehicles, right? Oh okay, yeah. <laughs> but what's crazy about that, though, right, is, is, is that was, you know, that was two days and three hours less than 2019. So, if, I mean, that was the, I mean, even though there was still congestion, right, in, in most places, but the, the level of congestion dropped where we, on average, were saving like two days out of our, you know, 365 days in the year, we got two days back, right? Um, just by lowering those congestion levels. So, and and just as a as a you know to connect the dots, that that two days you got back in Montreal was only a nine percent reduction in oh, congestion. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, it's you know that that to me is I think the 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 really interesting piece of things is just how did it affect my 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 life and my day? Right? How, how accurate? I mean, how accurate have you guys been in terms of forecasting what things are to come because I'm guessing you can look at years back and say okay we made this forecast now did it come true you know we we don't necessarily forecast out I mean we we do have some ability to predict and look at traffic patterns and that that's something we do um, but that's generally you know hyper hyper granular to individual roadways or given routes okay um we don't we don't focus on that from a tr the, the traffic kind of stats perspective right or the traffic index um but we do have some prediction data um but again it's not really i mean it as bad as this is going to sound it's it's kind of we all know what what it looks like right yeah. i mean we all know there's a morning commute there's an afternoon commute right we, we've kind of all intuited out like when peak traffic times are and yeah the, the data bears all that out as well too you know i, ha I, mean, I had i had an yeah. ulterior motive asking that question which was yeah if you look at some of the tech trends and you look at some of the the countries that have made commitments to only sell um electric vehicles by 2035 or by 2040 um sure clearly that's going to have an impact on the way that you know that you know traffic is and carpooling and, and, and cities that you know put in more bus lanes or or montreal is a great example because we're putting in a, a light rail system 
system that's going to be yeah. available in about five. Um, who knows? You know, maybe let's say five <laughs> years. Let's say five years from now. I'm yeah. so curious to look back once that system is out there and say, okay, this is what we were last year. This is what we are this year. Is it actually effective? You know, because you can yeah. hold people accountable based on that data, and you forget sometimes that data exists. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's 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 data that we have, and uh, again, it's it's represented in our traffic index. You're you're all welcome to go in and, and start digging into it as well too. Oh no, I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to be diving into that. I can promise that. <laughs> um, what about what about real time traffic? Um, what kind of stats do you guys get in a real time basis, and and is that something that is you find has has grown in popularity over the years in terms of integration? Because I know a lot of companies, you know, offer that as a secondary service or a subscription feature to be able to yeah. get you know predictive traffic. Yeah. So so our our traffic index, all the stats we've been talking about is all based off of all the real-time oh, traffic okay, data gotcha. that, we, that we publish out, right? So, um, you know, even even if you go to the Traffic Index website, our, our Traffic Index website, the, the, one of the first things you're actually going to see is, is a view of the live traffic, right? So traffic on a map. Uh, I think that, you know, looking at traffic flow data and looking at, like, incident data, like road closures and other things, on a map is kind of table stakes nowadays um, from a, 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 you know, a navigation or traffic information perspective. So, um, you know, we have a, a ton of great data from a real-time traffic perspective. Um, it's not just available on our website, but we also have mobile apps like the TomTom Go app um, yeah. that actually has our traffic data built into it as well, too. So, um, you know, there's there's just a ton of a ton of other data there as well. So, you know, we're going to publish... You know, you know, hey, is there no traffic? Is there some traffic? Right, kind of the, the standard, you know, red, orange, yellow, green from a you know <laughs> congestion level perspective, right? I think, I think, you know, regardless of who the the app or provider is, we're kind of all locked into this uh, this kind of same visualization of, of traffic flow. Are there new are there new reports or new kind of uh, data points that you discover over the years and realize, wait a second, this is something interesting that we never really reported on before that you know grab people's attention? I mean, I think a lot of that's borne out in our in our traffic index, like, we, you know, in terms of like extrapolating out, right, like, you know, the, the time, because what we can do is, you know, from a statistics perspective, and I think we talked about like, the time in number of days you lost last year in rush hour. Yeah. But it's also interesting to look at things like, well, on average, right, it, I mean, at least in the Montreal area, congestion is going to add nine minutes to your normal trip, right? And in the evening, it's, it's going to add 12 minutes to your normal trip, right? I mean, we, we have a whole bunch of very detailed stats that can kind of bear out. I think one of the, the interesting things, too, is as we look at some of the traffic data, too, is like we can also slice things by time of day, which, you know, believe it or not, like in the Montreal area, Wednesdays at 4 p.m., you just want to avoid being on the roadway. <laughs> it's, it's actually actually the worst time of day to be on the road. 4 p.m. on a Wednesday of all things, right? Um, the rest of the days of the week are, are kind of similar, but for whatever reason, uh, 4 p.m. on Wednesdays in Montreal is a bad time to be in your car on the road. So. It, this is so. Fu- it's honestly, it's it's quite fun to play with. Like I'm on I'm on the site now, and I'm looking at Canada, and I look at you know there's a heat map slider between 2019 and 2020, and you look yeah. at 2019 for those people who are, who are listening out there, obviously can't visualize it. You know, you look at 2019, and it looks you know you're you're, you're a couple green spots, you're yellow, you're orange, you're red. Then you yeah. slide to 2020, and you see March hits, and it just yeah. goes like it goes super super green, and you could see. It is just so cool to visualize this kind of stuff, especially yeah. when you don't realize that it, you know, it existed. Yeah. So I live, I live in the Detroit area, and we are 
probably two or three blocks from one of the major interstate highways, north-south, I-75. Um, and I remember, you know, sitting on, you know, my back porch with my wife, you know, in early April. And, you know, the birds were chirping. It's kind of early spring. And it just felt really weird. And then it just totally dawned on me. We couldn't hear the freeway anymore. Like, it was just <laughs> silent. I mean, it was it was just wacky. Like, we just, there was there was no road noise anymore. So... Um, yeah, I, I get, it's, it was a, such a crazy precipitous drop, um, you know, in that early April timeframe. I mean, that's, that's when the, the lockdown went into kind of the, the hardcore full effect yeah. and, you know, the traffic patterns definitely bore that out. I had, I had so. a similar experience. We were kind of not in a flight path, but we, you know, we know when the planes are taking off and they're, and they're coming down because they tend to take off and they're pretty high above my house, but I'm still close enough to the airport that when, when March hit and travel really started, started to slow down. It just got so peaceful out there, you know. It was, it, it reminded me of you know the Avengers movie where you know Thanos snaps his fingers and it goes quiet. So it was yeah, just it was exactly, it was exactly, very creepy. Yeah. Uh, Chris, yeah. you know, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. This is super interesting. If people want to go check out the data, it's tomtom.com/slash/traffic-index, right? Uh, if you just go to tomtom.com and and you'll find a link for traffic index on tomtom.com or even honestly if you type in tomtom.com traffic index in your search bar you'll find it as well too. The the challenge with the URL is uh, we publish this in lots of different languages so there's gotcha. a, a language modifier in there as well too. So and and the reports are released uh, every year around I guess Decemberish December January. Yeah, every every year. So we've been we've been doing this for a while now. So like I said, there's about four years of data that's up on our website today. But yeah, every every Decemberish timeframe we we launch the traffic index. And I have a little note here from the PR agency saying this is the 10th year you've been doing it though. Ah, uh, there we go. Okay. <laughs> Chris, thank you so much for taking the time yeah. to join us. This is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have you on again next year. We're going to talk about this because I really want to see how this kind of continues. And now this is a new favorite bookmark of mine on my browser. Sounds great. Thanks, Mark, for the time. That is Chris Sullivan from TomTom. Do check out TomTom.com for all that information. Thank you guys for being here this week. Thank you for an awesome show. I want to thank all our guests this week. Obviously, Chris Sullivan from Tom Tom, our friends over at Next Base and Espresso Fitness. It's been Your Tech Report. He is Mitchell Whitfield. I am Marco Flalo. We'll chat with you again next week. You've been tuned in to Your Tech Report. Join us again next week for another edition. And be sure to follow Your Tech Report online. Email us, contact at yourtechreport.com. Follow us on Twitter at Your Tech Report. Like us on facebook.com slash yourtechreport. For the latest in breaking tech news and reviews, yourtechreport.com. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jag and Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon.